Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of Oz Hoopers TV. Um, we appreciate the support last week. A lot of people um, hit us up in the DM and said they really enjoyed it. Um, so we're back with episode two. Uh, this week we have on Rain Smith, uh, best shooter in the country. And for that for that level, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. from what I've seen, I've had limited limited bits to do with him. He's, he's um, come on my radar relatively recently, and his his stroke looks yeah pretty pretty nice with it. Um, we have a lot to cover this episode, uh, so let's get straight into it. Um, let's start with Mojave King. Um, recently this week, he's started to pick up his minutes, I think. Um, last game, he had one of the bigger posters of the season. Um, I know he can get up, so it's good that he's showing his athleticism and they're starting to play him on the Cairns Taipans, who are currently, I don't know their record, but I don't. I think they're bottom two. Um, so not doing too well. Um, they're finally starting to play him. What are your What are your thoughts on Mo King's game? Uh, I mean, I like the upside, no doubt about that. I think everyone does. That's why That's why we're excited about him. Obviously, amazing length, amazing athleticism, um, skilled too. Like he looks good with the ball in his hands. Um, so I, I, I think his game is is still a work in progress. I think he's still got a, a few things that I'd like to see and, and for him to iron out. Uh, but I'm impressed from a, a uh, potential standpoint, no doubt that excites me. I'm not, I'm not sure why they weren't playing him. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure because he, then they're losing and they're like, there'll be games where they're down 20 and like, like, why not? You know, there's four minutes left. Why not put him on and give him a go? You know what I mean? Uh, I went to a workout with him with Derek Rucker, um, NBA legend. And he didn't miss much. Um, he was really athletic, um, very consistent, really good game. Uh, definitely, definitely top two in his age group, I reckon. Yeah, he's up there. I, I mean, I, I think he um, he looks like he can stroke it. Like his form looks comfortable, and he looks like he has good range on it, and he lets it fly pretty quick. Like he's not hesitant when he gets a catch and shoot. I think coming into Cairns was all, always going to be a bit tough because obviously Scotty Machado dominates the ball, man. Like. Um, and as he should, like he's he's outstanding at the one and, and everything runs through him. So off the ball, I think he, especially in the NBL setting, how the game's played, like everything results in, in catch and shoot threes generally. So, um, you know, I think I think it's tough for him to, to really show what his upside is in, in the NBL setting and being a young kid as well. Things will work out. I know Machado is a very ball dominant player, but he also sets up yeah. a lot of stuff. I mean, he can get you yeah, open. So yeah. I thought that was perfect for Mo. Um, but it was upsetting to see he wasn't playing. It was. I think that it was always going to be tough because I think they've got some established wings. Like Jerich has been has been established for a little while now. He's obviously lights out. And then Quart Noy is coming last year, rookie of the year type stuff. So he yeah. had a big season. Um, so they were always going to play him. I thought Giddy's situation was kind of lined up for him a little bit better. I just felt like new coach coming in, Adelaide were rebuilding after after Joey had left, and and obviously Connor Connor had come in as the coach. And then I thought, okay. Giddy would just get a blank slate. I think Mo's come into a situation where they built something at Cairns and they've got kind of a, a, a core. So it was always a bit tougher for him. Um, I thought that yeah. I thought that's what RJ's problem was last year. He kind of went into things, into a contender. And that's where Lamelo kind of got the edge on him uh, because Lamelo was getting minutes and RJ wasn't. But yeah, you know. Um, yeah, do you think do you think how he's playing is affecting his draft stock? Because there was there was a couple draft um, mock drafts where they had him in for even first round, thirtieth um, pick, even to twenty five ish. 
I think that might have been lower than that actually. Um, but there's there's a lot of drafts now that don't even have him on the draft board. So do you think it's affecting his draft stock at all? I mean, if you take draft stock by by what the the general public and all these kind of draft mock drafts are saying about him, I mean, it seems like it. If you're saying that he's, he's taken off the list on a couple of them, I guess it has. But I think um, I like to look at it a little bit more balanced and be like, his potential is still the same, regardless of how many minutes he's playing and what's going on. Like, you've you got to be excited by a 6'9 guy that can get his head to the rim and shoot the three ball. Like, that's just goes without saying. So I'd like to think it hasn't been affected too much. And I'd love to think that a couple of teams would like to take a chance on him. I certainly would. I, I'd love to get him there for workouts and see what the guy brings. Um, so I hope it hasn't taken a hit. But, you know, you, you never know. Some, some of these, the number of guys that they're on the radar in those meeting rooms, they probably have a whiteboard of like, 200 players man you know and they're shifting yeah. and, and going through and figuring it out so if someone looks at it looks at his numbers and goes up he's only playing eight minutes last game not put him down sometimes it's, it's that cutthroat you know so um do you think it it's affecting the way some of these young guys for example i don't know what situation dyson's in currently but do you think it is affecting his decision i know i know he's looking at giddy going like that's exactly what i need sort of thing that's where i want to be but he could be looking at Mo King. No, I'm not saying Mo King's having a bad season. Like he's coming on his very first game. He had 21 points in like 22 minutes or 19 minutes or something. And he's shown a lot of great spurts, but the playing time is like lacking a little bit through the part, not the past three games, but before that. Um, and yeah, do you think it's affecting the next stars program? Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. Hey, like I, I think, it it could it it could affect the next stars program. I mean, yeah, it just depends. I mean, in terms of affecting those those younger kids making decisions, I think it it does affect it. But I, I mean, you hear the same thing on the flip side. You hear like guys that go to D one, go to a mid major, and they get no playing time, and then it's like far out. Like, what should I do? Like in hindsight, you can always kind of look back at it and go, oh, I should have done this, or yes, that was a great decision, but. At the time, I think I think the NBA has proven to be a springboard to get to another level. Most definitely. Um, and even though Mo King might not be playing as much as maybe he deserves, or maybe we thought he would play, or whatever the case may be, I, I I think he's he's still getting great experience being around pros. He's around a professional program day in day out. He's around grown men, physicality, all that stuff's gonna gonna put him in good stead. So um, I think it does have an impact on on the younger kids. But I mean, like any which decision you make, you're going to have to live with the consequences, you know? Yeah, I, I, I want to see um, Mo play. Uh, I definitely think he's got the potential. He should be drafted um, for sure. I know he's on a lot of NBA teams' uh, radar. So, yeah, I, I really hope he gets the chance uh, to show out and um, up his draft stocks and, you know, get drafted on draft day. I'm with that too, man. I think, I think we need him to get drafted for sure. 100%. He's a future boomer for sure. If he can play for Boomers, I think he's got some because he didn't play for. He said there was a problem. He didn't play for Queensland because he's got some basketball without Borders camp, and I think he's got something some tie with New Zealand. Okay, I, I have no idea, but yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. But the inside boss man, that's that's your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, someone, someone's there. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, so the next topic we're going to do is our mid-season awards. Um, a lot of people like to do this, so. We'll give our opinion on our mid-season awards. Yesterday, Perth won the NBL Cup with the Bullets' loss, I think. Um, let's not talk about that loss. But, yeah, Perth 
Perth won the NBL Cup, which I don't know, it's pretty surprising. I thought um, Melbourne would put up a good fight, but Perth ended up getting it. Bryce Cotton's in MVP form. Him and Sobe, in my opinion, are neck and neck. Uh, did Perth play tonight? It's currently Sunday night when we're recording this. Did Perth play today? Uh, no, I saw New Zealand had a loss. The Breakers had a loss. Who they play? They played Southeast Melbourne, I think. Perth played 36ers just then, right? And tonight? Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. check the result. Cotton, Cotton had 34, I think. They came back from 20 point down. Ooh. Yeah, so yeah, Cotton's in MVP form. Um, who is your NBL MVP right now? And why? Right now, um, I'm with you. I mean, I'd love to disagree so we could have a little bit of a conversation about it, but Sobe and Cotton, are, are, man, Sobe has impressed me heavy. We spoke about it last week a little bit, and we talked about snubs for the boomers. Man, he just keeps putting up putting up big games, showing them why he's, you know, it's almost like since that boomer squad came out, he's like, all right, fine, watch this. I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of tweets um, that have pissed him off. And, and he's yeah. putting up these numbers now. Man, but, and he looks so – it looks light, man. I know I said that last week. It's like he just goes, oh, you going under the on ball? All right, whack. Or you going over? Okay, I'll get in the paint. Like catch and shoot played, game. Scouts, nice like, against the Kings. Oh, ate them up, man. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he's playing well. I, I, if I had to pick one, I won't sit on the fence. All right, I'll go Sobe. I'm going to go Sobe, hands down, right now. Um, yeah. As the season plays out, I can kind of see Cotton just getting the edge over him, probably because yeah. they'll get more wins, bigger name, etc. Um, but I yeah. think Jock Manhale is a dark horse. Jock's a dark horse for sure. Because well, Melbourne have a, have a terrific record, and they've proven that they're in the hunt right here to to kind of kind of push it. And he, he I like I like his attitude. He came out and said they might go undefeated the whole season. That's what he said earlier in the season, man. Like I think he's got a bit of they were looking good at one point. Yeah, they were, for sure. Eight, no, 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 no. But yeah, I think Sobe right now, hands down, is the MVP. You can't go past him. Definitely should have been in the Boomer squad, without doubt. Um, but yeah, but the Bullets team, I watch all the Bullets games because uh, that's my team. It's not, I, I don't know, but they shouldn't be doing as good as they are, in my opinion. I think Sobe's done a very, very good job at getting them to where we are. I think we're top four in it right now. I think Southeast mm-hmm. Melbourne are coming behind us. I don't know. Yep. But Sobe has done a very good job at leading this team, him and Vic Law. So I think that gives him um, bonus points to the MVP voting. I definitely think Sobe is in the case. NBL Rookie of the Year. I know, I know, who, I know who you got. It's, yeah, it's got to be Giddy, man. Like, it has to be Josh Giddy. Yeah. Dude's balling out, man. Like, he's... We spoke about him last week, man. We know what he's about. It, it, it is giddy, but I think someone coming up right behind him is DJ. He is. He's, he's right behind him. He's having. He's had a couple. I'll, I'll be. I'll check the King stats at halftime. He's got 18, 20 points. Dude, consistently too. First, he comes first out game, professional like, season. Man, yeah. No, I take that back. Like, I, I, I maybe I. I mean, it's giddy for me. It's, I it's very giddy. close. I think giddy. But the thing that puts giddy over the line is that. I think he's filling the stat sheet. But yeah. DJ is a flat-out scorer, and he's right behind him, man. I think. It's very close. He, he is. No, he's nice with it, man. Smooth, too. Like, 
at that height, playing the two spot and then dominating D1 college ball, like he, he was the man on his college team in his senior year and he put up big numbers, obviously why he got signed by the Kings. But coming to into the Sydney Kings and then just taking off, like he hasn't missed a stride. He looks like he's a vet the way he plays. So I'm impressed with him. It's a great draft class, actually. In the, not yeah. draft class, but it's a great rookie class in the NBL. Uh, who's your most improved player? So they've played in the NBL and they're better this season. It, they, I don't think they do an improved player. Uh, they don't award. do it? I don't think so, but I think... Dude, it, it, it might be Sobe, man. That's what I, I was going to say. I think it's Sobe. Last year was his first season with the Bullets and he was playing with Lamar. Yeah. Uh, and he was very inconsistent, but this season he's like shot up out of nowhere. So I, I'd give it to Sobe. If they're not going to give him MVP, definitely give him most improved if there's an award. Yeah. So, yeah. Are we going to agree on Sobe for most improved? I think so, just based on the, yeah, the growth for sure. And who do you think's taking out the NBL championship? Uh, I'm going to stick strong with Perth, man. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, every NBL season comes around, I just go, yeah, Perth. Can't go wrong with Perth, man. They're always there. Um, ooh, who, are, who do I have? I, I have I have got money on South East Melbourne. I think they are a very good roster. Ryan Brokoff's played two games now. Yeah. Hasn't really stood out, um, but I think they have a very deep roster. Sykes is coming back. Um, I just think uh, Wetzel... I think he, I think he's out at the moment. I'm not sure, but I just think in a series they are very hard to go past. Sykes, Adnam, Glidden, Brokoff, Creek, Wetzel. I mean, it's hard. Tarangi off the bench. It's very yeah, tough got, to go past. I, I don't think they'd they lose in a three game series. I mean, they're tough. They put points on. They they they're talented in every position. They're definitely tough. I just think like. It goes beyond that a little bit when you're looking about champions. Like Perth are so tried and tested, man. And they got guys there they just that have been there in the trenches before. They know what it takes with Bryce as well. Like he's he's this is like he he's honestly, I look at him like almost like like you know how LeBron goes in like cruise mode in the season and the playoffs come around and he just knows how to pace himself. That's how I feel kind of Bryce is in the NBL. He's just like yeah, season got off to a reasonably slow start. Perth weren't doing well. Starting to find a rhythm now. He's having a couple of 30-point games and he's starting to cook a little bit. And then going into the playoffs, I think Perth have just shown year on year that they know what it takes, you know. Who do you think? Um, another thing that got announced, was it this week? Um, New South Wales announced that they got the NBL 1 coming, which I was very excited about because we were discussing about how New South Wales basketball needs to up it, up it a bit. Um, so NBL 1 is massive. Uh, I think they're slowly getting to every state. And then I think from what I've heard, I don't know, I could be wrong again, but from what I've heard, they do a championship and they do the top two teams from each state, which would be really cool. Um, that, uh, a lot of the NBL players come down in the offseason and play in NBL 1. So hopefully you can get some Kings players and stuff like that that just want some games, you know. I think it's really good for New South Wales basketball in general to just have NBL 1 there. Um, what are your thoughts on NBL one going to New South Wales? Uh, obviously, big time move. I like it a lot. I like the fact that I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie, man. The war, yeah, the Waratah League for me is broken, man. Like I, I don't like how they've run it, what they do. I mean, I'm just not a fan of of how it's how it's been run and and what's going on with it. Um, just the way, like there's we talked about this as well. There's no real pathways for guys out of New South Wales. I feel like Melbourne system 
with the NBL one and how they've implemented it. Like you said, NBL players go back to their respective clubs. Um, I really like that. Like an NBL, I think the pathways in Melbourne to get on with the, the Phoenix or United uh, a little bit more established. Like the Kings and the Hawks, they don't even look at the Waratah League, man. They don't look at guys to come in. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't for any, feel like... For anyone, that, for anyone that doesn't know, explain what the Waratah League is. Yeah, my fault. So the Waratah League is like ABA is what it's called, uh, casually Waratah League. Waratah League just means New South Wales Basketball League. And then under that, there's the, the top of it, which is like championship men, championship women, which is like the NBL one of Victoria, but it's in New South Wales. Um, and then under that, they have championship two or, or state league is what it's called, which is like a, a more casual form of men's basketball. Then they have youth league, 18s, 16s, 14s, all the way in that. Um, and like I was saying, the pathways just aren't there. I think it, it's... NBL one is going to be great. It's just a direct feeder system to NBL clubs. They know where to look now. Everyone has aspirations to, to play NBL one. You get to travel a little bit more, more of a semi-professional setting, which I think is huge for the state, huge for the country. Uh, you can check stats on the NBL app now as well. So they keep track of everyone's rebounds, assists, points. Um, all games are streamed. I don't know if the Waratahs, they probably were, but it's streamed on a bigger platform, I think, on the NBL one. Well, I'm well, not that's it. How it works. It's but, like yeah. centralizing the platform now. So now nationwide, it's like, all right, where's the Australian leagues at? All right, cool. Instead of explaining to someone else, it's like, we got the NBL and then every state has its like own league. It's like, we got the NBL, we got the NBL one. And now that's that's where our talent pool kind of ends up, you know? So uh, Dyson and Rain uh, had a great game against <clears throat> uh, New Zealand Tall Blacks. Uh, it, was a, it was a Tall Blacks uh, Australian-based squad. So it wasn't the full, uh, same with Australia. I mean, it, they decided to put in the young guys because they couldn't have the people playing in the NBL Cup. But Dyson really showed his uh, athleticism, speed, um, smoothness with the ball. He didn't look like he was rushing or crapping himself in a sense. Um, yeah, he, he looked very professional out there, using his body, using his size, using his strength. I think that really you know, put his name on the map, like, big time. If it wasn't already, it, was, it is now. You know what I mean? What are, yeah. your, what are your thoughts on how Dyson and Rain play? Um, yeah, Dyson. Let's talk about Dyson. We'll, we'll, I'll speak to Rain in a minute. But Dyson um, was, was good for me. I, I always like to – I know we rate players a lot and we discuss players, but um, I really want to get into their heads and know what they were thinking and, and how they feel and, and how they approach things. I think that gives you a lot of insight into a player. Like you even mentioned, like when you talk to Giddy, he looks so well put together and you know how that makes a difference on things. So I'd really want to know what Dyson thinks and how he approaches games. But just based on what I saw, he was, um, like you said, smooth with it. His floater looks unreal. Like his touch just looks – he looks like he can just launch it, like let it fly from like the free throw line one-handed. Like float, that floater game looks really nice. At his size, that's that's a weapon, you know. Um, I'd like to see like him. I think he could be like a really big point guard. Like he looks like he could really play the one a little bit. Um, yeah, that's why I, I want to pick his brain. I don't know how he thinks, but I, I was impressed, man. I like his. I like his. You know, his overall game. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dyson. Uh, Rain obviously showed out. I think he was top point scorer. He came out guns blazing. Yeah. Um, Web. yeah, uh, definitely has potential to become a really good shooter, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have him on and see what's up. Yeah, I'm excited. Talk to him. Peanut butter seeds came perfect time, rich, but I'm still ducking one time. I seen the light and I climbed in, had to take him out. We ain't gonna die in. Shotty done fell in love with.
with all my diamonds. But everybody change on you like the sea. Seven nineteen forty two down Julio. What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, where you at right now? No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm currently in my room in uh, Canberra. Um, at the AIS? Yeah. Yeah. Um, explain, yeah. A, explain a week at the AIS for you, a normal week. Um, for me, now that I don't have school, so usually every morning I'd have some sort of individual or shooting. And then we'll have weights in the afternoon, weights and team training, usually after. So, but during the day at the moment, I'm not doing heaps with it, but usually I just get shots up. But yeah, that's about it, really. You guys get any days off or is it every day working out? Uh, so Sunday, Sunday's our day off, like, but we always come in and shoot anyway, but there's no, nothing scheduled on for Sundays. Does it ever get tiring working out every day or no? You used to it? Um, you get used to it, like, during, like, when you come back from summer, like, you can get tired pretty easily. But once you start into the swing of things, it gets pretty good. Um, we posted a video of rain recently. Um, it was sent um, by one of your trainers, I think. Uh, you shot 45 or 47 in a row. Yeah, 47. Uh, yeah, Steph, it's legit Steph Curry numbers. <laughs> um, yeah. And you shot 79 from 82 in under five minutes which is yeah. insane. Um, I got a chance to watch you last, I think it was last year at Nationals um, for Tasmania and you averaged 20 points, absolutely killed it. Um, and before before I rocked up to um, that one, I watched your mixtape, I think it's on YouTube somewhere, of the Nationals before it. Yeah. Um, and some of the highlights, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Hesh, but some of the highlights are like crazy. And I was like, oh my God, like I was keen to see you um, play. So, yeah, um, we're excited to have you on the show. Let's get straight into it. Uh, let's start with your early life in basketball. How yep. – what was it like getting into basketball for you? Um, so, for me, like, I just like – my parents just signed me up like any other kid. Um, yeah. Did, and they, then, did they pick it for you? They said, Rain, you're playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I've always been sporty. Like, I started off playing, like, AFL and cricket and stuff like that. Then – and I got signed up with basketball and I just kind of caught on to it really quick. And yeah, I guess I just took off from there. I ended up, so I've played, I played both AFL cricket and basketball up until about year seven, where then I decided I just wanted to keep playing basketball. Um, when, when around, did you start realizing like, damn, I'm actually pretty good at this sport. I'm going to start taking it like very seriously. Um, it was, it was young. Um, so pretty as soon as, I got in like I just I just had a feel for it already, and then I just started playing with the age group above me, and then that's when I just and then going to like under fourteen nationals in Perth, I ended up playing pretty well there, and then I start, started to realize that I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, what's what's the rep scene like in in Tasmania, man? The the junior representative scene is a pretty popular sport. Um, it's on the rise at the moment, so. I think every year they have more record numbers of people signing up. But so where I'm from on the northwest coast of Tassie, there's about eight main towns. So there's each and eight, pretty much an eight team comp. So we just play that, play each other two or three times. And then, so that's pretty much what we have. And then there's like, so when I was under eight, I played under 18s and there'd be like our men's comp at the same time. And then when the men's finishes and there's under 22s 
So it's pretty much all year round, but it's definitely on the rise. Um, definitely on the rise. They just added an NBL team there. Um, what level have you played throughout the past? Like, when did you start upping your game and what levels have you played over the past couple of years? Um, so pretty much I started playing like in the senior men's comp since I was like 14 or 15 and then started training with the NBL one Northwest side. And then that's pretty much where I had to play a full year with them and then ended up coming here. Um, what right now, uh, I know you're going to college soon. Uh, what right yeah. now do you think, what part of your game do you think needs the most work? Um, maybe like ball handling and finishing. I'd say like becoming more of a legit combo guard and then like just working on leading, leading with my voice. So they're the main things I've been trying to focus on with the coaches as well this year. I wanted to know, like it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's tough for, for six one guards. I find like it's it's you know hard to find your feet and do what you do. I think it's a blessing that you can stroke it. Have you always just been a natural shooter? Like you could you could just step into a gym and just light up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It came pretty natural naturally for me since a young age. Like I don't know really what it is, but I've just been able to just have that feeling of shooting it well, like ever since I remember. So. Do you, does that I'm mean you prefer? Do you prefer to play off the ball then, or do you like the ball in your hands, or a bit of both? Um, so I've been pretty much mostly off ball, being like because I usually play with like Taron for state teams, and he's really good on the ball. So I just work with him. But I mean, I'm more starting to use a bit with the ball, just creating my own shot. But I still enjoy playing off the ball and running off screens. Um, Taron uh, is one of my favorite players to watch. I think he has a really smooth game. Um, you guys have been playing together for how long? It would have been bottom age under twelves. Yeah, dynamic duo. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys, you two individually, like uh, you two as a pair. I feel like I've put the Tasmanian basketball scene on notice. Um, what does that kind of mean to you? Putting Tasmania on the map a bit. I mean, it's awesome. Like, obviously, we're a smaller state, and like usually the underdog in most situations. So I think it's just been awesome that well, mainly me and Taryn have been able to just show everyone that like Tasmania has players and then it's like, and especially with the kids at home. So just showing them that just because you're from Tasmania doesn't mean you have to be held back. There's always an opportunity just to get better and just try and compete at the highest level. So it's been awesome to be able to rise up like that. Uh, every time I post something about uh, you or Taryn or Tasmania, Bawali's always in the comments uh, saying something smart about Tasmania. What do you got to say? He about actually that? just messaged me. He just messaged me. I asked him, hey, I'm about to interview Rain. You got a question. He said, tell him he's the second best shooter at the Institute when I was there. So he said. <laughs> yeah, he's a clown. He's always trying to tell me that, like, I'm the second best shooter with him being number one. But it's all joke. Yeah. Yeah, big cap. It's, it's funny. <laughs> um, you got, I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your first Australian announcement was the under-17 FIBA Oceania yep. Championships. Yeah. Um, you played really well. I think you had a massive game against Samoa, dropping 28 points. Um, that team was full of massive players, Tamari, Giddy, uh, Blake Jones, etc. Uh, you averaged 12, 2 and 2 which is very solid numbers. Um, what was the overall experience like being selected for Australia and representing your country? I mean, 
there's nothing better than being able to represent Australia, especially in basketball. And um, being able to go there for my first time was it was pretty cool. Like I knew most of the guys pretty well prior, so I felt just comfortable being with them, and it was just an awesome experience to be going out there. Recently, uh, was named to the Boomers uh, squad against the Tall Blacks. Uh, I think it was a qualifier game. Um, massive performance came out guns blazing. Uh, you dropped 23. Is that right? Two. 22. Um, massive game against uh, so, a few professionals in that New Zealand team. A lot of them are top players. Uh, the Kona, uh, Tay Murray, really like solid squad. Um, explain how that experience was getting selected to play in that game. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So it was just, Pretty much another day, can't really like, um, it was me and Tyrese, actually, we were just, we were like sitting down like taping our ankles before a practice and uh, Capes just came up to us and explained that there's going to be a boomers game on and then they kind of NBL guys, so they're looking to put us in and we just kind of looked at each other and just went, what the hell? Yeah. And then, yeah, so that was, was pretty quick notice and then like the next week, the whole team was together training in Canberra until we went to Cairns for just under a week preparation. But our preparation was really good and it was just awesome. Like it was an unreal experience to be able to go do that. Yeah, for sure, man. Obviously you had a, a massive game, man. Um, I want to pick your brain a little bit on like your mindset, big games. Obviously you're putting together some, a career of playing in some big games, represented Australia a couple of times now at various levels, obviously at Nationals basketball and NBL one level. Um, what's your mindset before big games? You get nervous? Do you have routines? Like, what do you do? I mean, I don't really have any set routine. Like, it just depends on the day, how I feel. Then I just figure out what I need. But, I mean, there was definitely nerves before that game, but I knew that I've done everything I possibly could. I was in a good place. So I just had to go out there and I just, just be confident in myself and the rest took, rest took care of itself. For sure. Do you, do you tend to think like score first? I'm on just, if I get an open look, I'm just going to launch this or you kind of just like let it instincts take over and just read what's in front of you. Yeah. I mean, like if I'm open, like I feel like I'm just going to shoot it anyway. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what yeah, sort of, you like, should the role, be in the role with my team. So I think, and then all the guys like back me on doing it, like pass down an open shot. They'll tell me that just to shoot it. So I mean, if I'm open, I'll look to shoot. But if it's not there, I won't force force it too much. Um, do you prefer to play the one or the two? Um, probably the two. But yeah. as I said before, I'm just starting to transition into being like more capable of playing at the one when needed. I feel like I feel like a lot of guards would rather say the one. So it's interesting that you say the two. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, you just committed to Winthorpe recently. Uh, Winthrop, sorry. Um, in yep. South Carolina, um, who are currently having a really good season. Um, I'm presuming you're watching some of the games. Um, they're yeah. heading to March Madness. Um, explain the whole experience of committing to Winthrop and, yeah, how it went. Yeah, I mean, it was very different, like, this year and last year due to COVID and stuff, not being able to travel and do all of that. So it was pretty much just Zoom calls, having, like, tours at different schools and then, just having to come down to what I felt like was best at the time. So I, mean, I felt like Winthrop was 
good for me. And then I like what they had. I like the history they've had. So I felt like it was a good decision. Um, why? Why Winthrop? Uh, I just felt like the coaching staff, I had a really good relationship with them. I felt like I could talk to them like they weren't a coach. And then they've had history of like coaching good players, like the head coach there. He was assistant coach when Chris Paul was at Wake Forest and another assistant coach played with Chris Paul. So I feel like they've seen it in like right there in front of them. So I feel like that's the best opportunity for me to learn from them. Did you, did you have a chat with Xavier Cooks? Because I know he's alumni, isn't he? Yeah, he's my I haven't talked to Xavier at all, but I've current I've been talking to Kyle Zunick, who's there now. So he's just on his senior year. So I've chatted to him a few times, like prior commitment and stuff like that. Um, was it a tough decision at all? Like were you contemplating another place to go or yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much either Winthrop or CBU. Okay. I think it's like there were two really good schools, but I mean, it's never an, really an easy decision. Like it's pretty much the next four years, but I felt like talking like my family and stuff, I made the right choice. Damn, Taryn, Taryn and you at CBU. That's crazy. They yeah. offered. That's sick. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, Tasmania, as you know, have a team, Jack Jumpers, coming into the league next season. Firstly, what are your thoughts on the name, Jack Jumpers? Um, it's starting to grow on me, I think. Like, when I first heard, I was like, that's, that's kind of weird. But I think all the like the mascot and how they're branding it's been really good. But yeah, I think the name's just got to kind of catch up and suddenly you just get used to it. But yeah, I think what they're doing with all the branding is really good. Yeah, I, they came out with like an intro video or something, and it was like an animation, yeah. and it was like pretty cool. I was like, yeah, this could stick, I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah. If your career if your career path falls in line where you have the opportunity to play for Tasmania, would that be something you're open to? Yeah, definitely. Like I'll do my years at college and then obviously if Tasmania is an option, then it's definitely something I'll look at. So I guess it's when the time comes then I'll be able to figure that out. For sure. Just talking about that. Obviously, it's a decision that a lot of you guys at your age have to, to wrestle with, especially the talents there, and, and we all know that. But it's like, do you pursue the professional path as quick as you can? Obviously, you've got a resume now, so you could probably get on to a couple of NBL teams, or do you go down the, the college pathway? Um, have you got any interest from some NBL clubs? Have you been in talks and things like that? Was that ever on the map to try and just jump straight to the NBL? No, it was never really something I really thought about. Like, I've always ever since I knew what college was, it's something I've wanted to experience. So right now, pretty much all my focus is with college and seeing how I go. If it's one year and I don't enjoy it, then I'll come back. But I'm set on that and hoping that would be really good for me and then see where that takes me. Um, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to achieve next year? What, what do you want to bring to um, Winthrop? Uh, I just want to keep, keep the winning tradition they have. Like They've been really successful over the last... 20 years so i think it's just continuing that and then hopefully making a couple more ncaa tournaments um how did you initially when did you where were you when you found out and how did you initially get the first offer as uh, as such from winthrop um so i was i can't remember i think i was i woke up it was they messaged me while i was sleeping Okay. And I woke up to a message and like the assistant coach just went, is this rain? And then I'm like, 
what the hell? I was like, yeah. I didn't know. I'm like, yeah. And he said, no, just the assistant coach at Winthrop. And then, yeah, we just yeah. talked from there and got along really well. But I think they messaged me overnight and then I just woke up and saw a message. Went straight into the DMs just with a scholarship. Just <laughs> Yeah, they didn't, they didn't offer straight away. We talked for a while and then had a Zoom call where they then offered. But yeah, it was how, definitely good. How do they do the visits? Like you said, you um, did a couple of visits. Do they hold a Zoom camera and walk around the, the college? Yeah. How does it Actually, exactly what they did. Like they oh, I was, gonna, I was gonna say what, but yeah, yeah. So I think it was, it was so the stadium where Winthrop plays uh, about a kilometre or a mile or something off campus. So they had a guy at the stadium, and then another like two guys around campus. So then one would take me around one area, then the next would take me another, and then to the court. So it was pretty much the what. what I'd say everyone has to work with now, but it was definitely interesting. But hmm. that's the interesting way to do it. You think they just video it and send you a video? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough though. during COVID. Like it, it must be hard. Like trying to recruit yeah. a kid. You know, visits are a big part of recruitment. So then, yeah, I definitely. Guess, like, when are you, when are you scheduled to go over? Um, I'm not too sure yet. So, I mean, hopefully. So we've had under 19, so hopefully be able to make that and then which would be in July. So hopefully after that, but at this stage, we haven't really set a time yet. All right. We do this thing every week. I don't know if you've seen, uh, but we do 10 quick questions. Um, yeah. These are some questions that me and Hesh whipped up and then we'll um, move into five fan questions that we put on our story. Yeah. So the first question um, is who's the best NBA player in the league right now? Um, I feel like you've always got to put LeBron there, but I feel like MVP, oh, I think it might change now, but with Joel Embiid, so hopefully his injury's all right, but I think at the way he's playing, he's MVP. What about yourself? Who, which NBA players do you like to, to watch and learn from and reflect in your game? Um, I really like CJ McCollum. Um, and obviously Steph. And I watch guys like Clay, JJ Redick, and stuff like that. So I try and mix it up between like guys that play off the ball than guys that are good on the ball. So just any guard that that do any of those good is just who I watch. JJ Redick's an interesting answer. I don't think I've heard that one before. But yeah, that's he moves off the ball so well, creates open shots. Um, who's the hardest player you've ever had to guard? Um, I mean, I'd probably say Taron because, I mean, we've played against each other for so long. It's hard. Yeah. Like, there's never really been anyone that's really stood out heaps to me compared to... You think you would like have figured his game out by now? <laughs> just he's got a heap of different moves he can do. So, like, you think you got one thing figured out and he's got another one. But, yeah, he's that, tough. That's high praise. You've got a lot of the AS, AIS guys. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely got a lot of good players. So, Taron, yeah, loyal, loyal to the Tasmanian, repping Tasmania right there, holding it down. It's all right. What about our favorite basketball shoe? Um, I think Kobe Fours. Like I've had them one for pretty much over a year now, and they've been really good. Um, I really like the Kobe Exodus, one of the Kobe AD shoes are really good, and kind of got a pair of Pumas that have been. 
been good as well. No. Um, who's got the worst kick game at uh, AIS? Um, I just got to think of everyone. Um, I'll probably say Alex Tui. Okay. Just, it's just the same pair all the time. I'm, I'm yet to see him play. Um, yeah. I've I seen him. Good. He was a new recruit, right? Yeah. 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 04, so okay. he's good. All right. Um, I've got an NBA question for you. Me, wait, wait. Before you, before you ask this, me and Hesh saw this on Instagram and we're having a debate. But yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. See what your thoughts are, Rain. you got to start one, bench one, and cut one out of Chris Middleton, DeMar DeRozan, and Gordon Haywood. Um, I'll start, start Middleton. We um, all, we all agree on that, right? All three yeah, of us? I started Middleton. Middleton. That's it. See, it's tough because I feel like, um, it depends what the team around us like. If it's struggling with three-point shooting, I'd go Haywood, but if... They've got a bunch of good shoes around. I'd probably go Demar. Okay. So that's a, that's a very high IQ yeah. answer. I like that, Rain. You thought that through. Yeah. You didn't just run with something. Think yeah. it, but I think I'd say this year, Gordon Haywood. Okay. No, um, I like I like the first answer. I think I think those questions are always hard because he, he had really, the same. He had the same as you. Yeah, he picked he picked Haywood really, like never now really that he said it. And now that he said, oh, the team around him, that makes sense. Like, you know, DeRozan, obviously, he struggles with the three balls. So if you've got shooters around him and you need a scorer that can go and get a bucket with the ball in his hands, DeRozan's nice. But yeah, he's been, been money from three and, you know, he's, he's proven to be better. Yeah, exactly. There's never really a right answer with those no, ones. You can't go wrong, man. I, I'd take DeRozan, I mean, if I had to, any day of the week. Um, we ask this every week. Celebrity crush. Zendaya. Oh, quick. That was quick. Yeah. Is that the yeah. phone background? Is that the phone background right now? Yeah, not right now. It was at one stage. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. What about favorite artists, music wise? Uh, oh, Lil TJ. Um, best state of basketball is in Australia. Come on, man. I feel like the future of Tasmania is good. Okay. <laughs> Confidence. Yeah. Here we go. I hope I hope I get the answer that I want out of this. Who's the right. best shooter in the country? I'll say me. Yeah. Give, give us give us a top three. Give us a top three. I'm keen to hear this. Um. So if I'll do for O2 my age to be Look, Boston Mazda. Yeah, I was gonna say you better put Boston in there. Yeah. Uh, do do um yeah, just do O O whatever it is. Yeah, O2. O2 yeah. So I'd have to put Boston in there. Um, and uh, I was going to say, um, I did a post a while back, um, Zach Triplett, but he's older. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah you could you could chuck Triplett at the three. I guess that yeah, three-year age bracket. Um, all right, I feel like I'm going to have to wait to see for Nationals. Yeah, but definitely put Boston in there. You know what I really like about your shot, Rain? And I was watching it pretty closely during that Boomers game. That's where I really saw you, like, close I heard about your name and stuff. Man, it's – it's. I think people underestimate how hard it is to shoot the ball from the range you shoot it at 
at the speed you shoot it at without even dipping it, man. Like you barely bring that ball. Like, you know what I mean? A six one, you see, like I struggle to get that thing up there and you just kind of catch it at your chest and go boom, straight into it. Yeah. So when I was younger, I used to have a big dip in it and then just like working with my mom and then head coach Mark Radford, just kind of just trying to just practice catching it from here and just shooting it straight away. Like at first yeah. it just felt uncomfortable, but right now, like I can just catch it anywhere and then just let it fly there. And then with range, like obviously I practice that pretty much every time I shoot. So, I mean, today it was like me, Tyrese and Pat Ryan, we'll just all sh- like we shoot all our threes and then go deep. So, I mean, I've just always felt like it was kind of effortless, but. Yeah. I feel like that's what separates good shooters from great shooters. The places you catch it. For example, um, Jason Kadee catches it up here and he can just launch, like, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I think when, when you're shooting, like, you're never going to get the perfect pass. So, I mean, you can't always just catch it, like, over here, then bring it back. You've got to kind of catch it and then put it up as quick as possible anyway. It's funny because that's one of the things I noticed about Clay. Like, Clay is unbelievable at getting the shot up, like, without just his mechanics are so pure. But at yeah. six seven, I think it's a little bit easier. You doing that at six one, like I think that's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing with bigger guys, especially here. I've got to figure out a way, way around and try and get my shot off. So, all right, we'll get into the uh, five fan questions. We chuck these up on our story for um, our followers to ask you. Um, the first one is: during your early development, is there a coach that stands out that accelerated your overall skill? Um. Definitely be Mark Radford. So he's pretty much been like our state coach since I was under 12s, under 14s. So I pretty much went right up with him, like training with him every week and then going into state stuff with him. So it's definitely Mark. For sure. What about um daily shooting routine? You said you're not a met, you it depends how you feel on the day with games. A practice, are you the same or do you have like a, a routine? Um see so more practice I work. I don't really focus on my shot. I just do, like, I more do finishing and ball handling stuff before practice and then might get up a couple of threes if I've got time. But right now it's not really a priority, but usually I'll start in close and just work my way out. Um, someone said, what's the best shooting drills in your opinion? Um, so that one's, so I like different ones on moves. So if you start corner, you lift up to the wing, catch and shoot from there. Um then you can do wing to corner. Then got this star drills, all right? So you shoot top corner, then you go up wing, wing, corner back to the top in like a star shape. That one's good. Um, and then pretty much anything off the dribble, I like at the moment as well. Nice. Someone, I think someone asked, what's your favorite memory at nationals? Uh, definitely winning bronze. Like, um both years of under 18s both we came fourth both times so being able to finally actually get onto that bronze was a good feeling well what were your thoughts when Bawali put up the last shot <laughs> my heart just like stopped from <laughs> I was trying to I thought it was about to bank in and then like I looked at it and I'm like oh no, no that's not coming yeah. I'm like yes you know what you know what you know the, I think the main reason your heart would have stopped was just the amount of talk you would have had to put up with yeah. He wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then having to go back to camp for the week after that, it wouldn't have been, it would have been that fun. But, yeah, you would have woke up 
to a morning text every morning. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, how does it feel? Yeah, I, would, I would hear the end of it. Yeah. Um, the last one is who's the best... Oh, who's the best Fortnite player at AIS? That's a question from Tyrese Proctor. Um, <laughs> so Tyrese from... Um, pretty sure Dyson. Dyson's really good. I mean, Tyrese, he'll, he'll want his little shout-out. <laughs> We've been playing a little bit lately, but I feel yeah. like that could be Dyson is the one that tries the hardest at it. We appreciate you coming on. Um, good luck at um, Winthrop. Uh yeah, thanks for coming on. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. No worries. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Man, all the best with college. Hey, if you're ever in Sydney, man, like I said, I'm, I'm working out a few, few of the guys at the moment. If you're ever in town, I know it's far for you, probably in between Tasmania, but everyone in town, just drop me a DM, man. Yeah, no worries. I'll let you know. All right. Too easy, bro. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Appreciate care, it. Man. Catch you later. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode three. Um, appreciate you all with the support. Uh, merch is dropping very soon, so stay tuned. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week.